We're two star podcast, we are great. Spreading love, denouncing hate. Our listenership is very few, but we love every one of you. Even Pooh Man! One more thing I have to say, intended in a hopeful way. Cold Brew Hipster, please be my friend. I'm sorry I called you a ballet! And I thought, oh no, I'm late. Oh no, but I'm not late. Graham's late. No, Graham won't be joining us this evening. What, Graham's not joining us? Nope. No. Oh, I thought he was, um, I thought, okay, I'm not up to speed. What's happened? Uh, I'm not saying that he's killed a child, um, but you can draw your own conclusions. Very important. So he's not going to be here. Uh, He's on the run, Uh, but we'll probably be back next week. Because like all good episodic storytelling, we reset our status quo at the end of every episode. Oh, okay. Sorry, say, say that again. I was reading what's actually happened. <laughs> I got distracted. That's fine. So um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to struggle on bravely without him. Yeah. Okay. But and the I'm thing sure that we'll the thing that's happened. Um, well, yeah, we think we know the thing that's happened, but it kind of spoils the joke if you now recount the thing that's happened. Well, you know what's happened. Yes. But the listeners don't know what's happened. No, and that's the thing where if you then recount what happened, it spoils the joke that we made while you weren't paying attention. Oh, what was the joke you made when I wasn't paying attention? Because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. No, I know. Well, you'll have to listen back to the episode and find out. No, why can't you tell me now? Because that makes it even worse. <laughs> oh, I thought what was going to be good was that we would all know what happened, but the listeners wouldn't know, and that would be funny because we would be better than them. But what's actually happened is that that you know what you've said, and at this point in time, all of the listeners know what you've said, but I don't, which makes well, me Chris, now the you worst. know how we feel all the time until we've listened back to the episode because we never know what you've said. Mm. Oh, so I feel that we have brought balance to the podcast. Well, at least Dan's not editing this week, so I won't have to wait too long. Yep. Uh, So, without further ado, let's uh, leap right into exciting action by discussing funerals. Yes. Okay. Chris, why are we discussing funerals? You're the one that said you wanted to talk about funerals. Did I? Oh, when did I do that? Uh, whenever you put it into the the, the uh, agenda, I was so organised. I did that at the weekend. I do need to and discuss. Now you completely forgotten about it. I do want to discuss funerals a bit more, and you're right. I did want to do it at the weekend, um, but I also need to discuss it a bit more because I've had. Um, I'm being haunted by the ghost of Alan Rickman. That's inconvenient. It is inconvenient. Um, would How you like to know? About? Well, he he's haunting me via a text message, which is quite a a chilling way. Would you like me to read out what the ghost of Alan Rickman has said, and then I can respond in public? Okay. Okay. So when when did this start? Being haunted by Alan Rickman. It, it happened. Um, it happened today, actually. Very it recently. Today. It started today. Okay. At, uh, is it the 29th today? It is, yeah. 
at 9.02am. That's very specific. It is. Well, I guess it's it's the sort of thing you would want to take note note of. So, um, uh, shall I do an Alan Rickman voice? Yeah? Shall I do an Alan Rickman voice? I probably should, shouldn't I? I mean, yes. Right, okay. Well, I need a couple of um you know how like when a like a guitar man tunes up. Um I'll get to you, Harry Potter. Right. Are you ready? Mm. So Alan Rickman's ghost said Woo I am the ghost of Alan Rickman. Woo <coughs> How how dare you call me a minor celebrity? Woo! I've been in Harry Potter and Die Hard, you oafs. Woo! And why are you debating what my funeral will be like when I've been dead for over 18 months? Woo! I will haunt you, Mr. Dorset. Woo! And I can't believe you can't get picture messages. More woo. So there you go. Well, I think the first point we need to raise is the fact that Alan Rickman's ghost is listening to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's that's some success. Well, um, it is some success, but he is a minor celebrity, isn't yeah. he? So. Well, I mean, apart from that, I feel like he has legitimate points with both it's a of bit, his guys. I mean, I, I, I think I was going to apologise, but actually I thought about this, and I think Alan Rickman is a minor celebrity. He has been in some children's films and he's played a baddie a long time ago but i think minor celebrity he's never I been mean, the, what's main... the threshold like mm? oscar winner he he has never um he's never been a leading man opposite jennifer aniston has he i mean no i i, I can't argue with that that's, that's correct uh he yeah he's never done any sort of blockbuster Blockbuster roles as the leading person has he? He uh, what's the um, leading man in um, Robin Hood Men in Tights? That counts. That's, okay, well that's oh, Robin. Well, I mean, Hood. technically, surely Robin Hood is the Robin. leading man in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm, not really. And I, like, I, he's been the the leading antagonist in a lot of things, but and yeah, I don't but, think it was Men in Tights he was in. Was it? It was. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. Uh, he was in. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, it was in Men, Men in Tights. Yeah, the spoof one. Yeah, but well, it wasn't. No, no, you're 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 wrong. Sorry, I got confused because I was thinking of something else. He was in. Uh, he was in Pretty <laughs> Tease, but he was also Men in Tights. <laughs> he was <laughs> also really, in. Really funny. It's because it's because you you remember him from like doing uh, like silly comedy stuff. Um, like uh, in um, Galaxy Quest and Dogma, and you just kind of associate him with that, and then you think actually, I think it's just because he he was he was quite camp in a lot, of, like he camped up his roles quite a lot. Like Hans Gruber was, yeah, campy to the max. Yeah, um, but you're right. I mean, like he he wasn't the the leading man in much, but no. So he is the epitome of a minor celebrity isn't he he's basically the he's basically the equivalent of paul Danan. 
Whoa, if, whoa, whoa, whoa. If he... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I cannot let that stand. <laughs> Paul Danan was on Hollyoaks about 15 years ago and is now famous for being on Hollyoaks 15 years ago. I didn't hear any of that. Okay. Well, just, 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 it doesn't matter. I just told you who Paul Danan was. You can Google that. I mean, I really wouldn't waste your time, but... No. But So, your threshold for, for, like, major celebrities has to have been the leading man or woman in a film? Um, a good film. Okay, so it's quite a high bar, then, that you set for major celebrity. Well, well in, in, in the acting sphere, yeah. How about TV? Okay, yeah, I think you have needed to have been on a a recurring character on a soap for more than 20 episodes. Okay. That sets the bar quite low in terms of soap monkeys, doesn't it? Well, yeah, like that, surely that's, that's a very low bar for TV compared to your bar for film. Mm. Yeah, but, but TV is the future, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't say that, like, crappy soaps are necessarily the future. The only reason the only reason anybody remembers who Alan Rickman is is because of his stupid voice, his stupid Alan Rickman voice, where he goes Alan Rickman, and that's that's he's just a gimmick. It's just a gimmick, isn't it? I mean, I think it's his voice. And like, just I, I don't I don't think he was just putting it on in every appearance that he made. Yeah, mm. that's precisely that's his voice. What, uh, most actors can do at least two voices, but. He can't. Imagine him doing, trying to play um, the... I can't think of the name of the character from Police Academy, the one that did all the, the voices, the noises. Jones. Jones, yeah. Imagine Alan Rickman trying to do that. It would just be him going, I am a helicopter. I mean, to be fair, you could say that about most actors. We think about George Clooney. George Clooney plays the same character in every film he's in. And he plays the leading man, doesn't he? Because he's a yeah, major celebrity. He plays the leading man. Yeah. But, you know, Gruber, the sheriff, Snape, they're all big roles in big films. Well, I think they are supporting roles. Hello, what? What's... Dan, like, at least have the decency to not just sit watching other things while you're recording the podcast. Like, we know you don't listen back to it, but not actually, and, and like, there's a certain point at which not even listening during it just starts to get a bit rude. No, it was a pop-up ad. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, my, my other defence is that the reason we don't know what his funeral was like is because he's a minor celebrity. So... And- if he was a major celebrity, we would we would have heard about it. It would have been in Hello magazine, wouldn't it? Hello magazine. So I mean, that make that is a, a a valid point. Do you actually read Hello magazine? I would have seen it on the shelves for a real celebrity. Do you think it would have been worthy of front page celebrity magazine well, coverage? No, no, it wouldn't have been because he's a minor celebrity. That's exactly my point. Okay, so would you say that Bruce Forsyth was a minor celebrity? 
Um, Bruce Forsyth was no, he wasn't a minor celebrity. He was a major celebrity. Okay, so why hasn't his funeral been on the front page of Hello? Um, well, I think it probably will be. Okay, well, we'll see if your logic holds up. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay, well, let us know, um, you most likely after this episode Rickman. airs, how Alan Rickman's ghost responds to your approach. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not remorseful in any way. By all means, continue to haunt me. Um, and maybe you can get some of your famous ghost mates to properly haunt me in a celebrity way. That's my challenge. Okay. Well, once I come to edit the podcast, I'll understand what your challenge is. Yeah. But also, I did want to talk about funerals a bit more. Okay. Because... What I intended to do was to look at different kinds of celebrities, of which Alan Rickman is one kind of minor celebrity. Um, because I think there's, I think there's quite a quite a variety, isn't there, of celebrity funerals. I think normal people all have normal funerals, don't don't they? Well, I mean. Arguably, by definition, yes. The the only exception is um, gypsy funerals and traveller funerals, which are like on a much bigger scale, aren't they? You have lots of lots and lots of flowers and lots and lots of horse drawn carriages. Um, I genuinely don't know. Oh, okay. About a month ago, there was a um, there was a big traveller funeral where I live and uh, it was sort of a big procession and lots and lots of flowers Fair enough Sounds like a nice way to do a funeral But yeah, I think most people just have the standard package, don't they? I don't know quite how you buy funerals Um, I I imagine that they probably don't come in packages unless you go to like a you know, discount funeral outlet I think they probably would do. I think you go in and sit down, and I think it's a super deluxe package where we will also wax your loved one. (laughs) I mean, we'll already like dismember them and put them back together again. So waxing would seem like a a small. They 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 don't do that. Well, no, but they sort take the insides out and stuff. I think it's a series of quite simple choices, from what I remember. I think do you want your loved one dismembered? Probably isn't one of them. Well, you're going to burn them well, anyway. Don't, I don't think like, you get if, choice, To be fair, if we do dismember them, we can fit them into a much smaller box, which will be cheaper. Yeah. yeah closed casket, casket funeral. No one's ever going to know. Could just be a pile of old body parts in there. Burns away. Bob's your uncle. I think it's... I don't think they tend to do, like, open casket crematorium We don't services. go in for open just caskets like, just in the Have UK. the open casket, have them out on the thing, and then just light up the flames underneath and That's watch true. them burn. So, hence, why why shouldn't they dismember them? Maybe it makes them easier. What, why why have you got this thing about them dismembering people? I probably meant to say, like, uh, disembowel or what have you, but um, anyway. What are you thinking of, Dan? Are you thinking of, like, a, a spatchcock chicken that um, why, they, just very... Why do they disembowel them? So, so they don't smell? 
I may know more about ancient Egyptian funerals than I do about actual <laughs> British funeral practices, I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, and then there's the bit where they put them in the pyramid and then seal it. I mean, I've always thought that, you know, some of the funerals I've been to have been a bit lacking in pomp and circumstance, so yeah, that might be it. And they didn't bury any of his slaves with him. No, I certainly haven't been buried alive yet, which I'm rather thankful. It's only a matter of time. Mm, yes, he's probably disturbingly accurate. Yeah, so I think funerals... Uh, so, do you have any other funeral insights, Chris? Yeah, because I think they are a series of, for most people, a series of very standard, easy questions. I think you go in, and they just ask you a series of questions. They'll say... Did you like what the kind of What kind of <laughs> box do you want? That's one question. Mm. What kind of box do you want? Where do you want the hole dug? Um... How many, how many people do you want to ride in a fancy car? Yeah. And you say, oh, we only want one fancy car. And they say, oh, there'll be a lot of people that want to go. And you, no, they can drive, can't they? Yeah. It's all very standard questions, I think. Then, you know, you only have to organise, like, food and what people are going to say and that. Yeah. I don't think you have to organise what people are going to say. I think the idea is that they say it themselves. If you start feeding them lines, it's a bit... Well, I was thinking round upon. Well, more like what the vicar or priest or whatever is going to say. You might do a reading, mightn't you? Yeah, and what sort of songs you want in that jazz? Hmm. I think you'd want something wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm bored of funerals now. Should we plan Graham's funeral? As he's not here. What kind I mean, of... it seems a little premature, but I mean, it always helps to be prepared with these things. Yeah. What kind of box do you think Graham would like? I quite like the wicker ones, and I find myself not caring what Graham would think when he's dead. Hmm. There is an alternative to a box, which I think is quite good, in that they kind of um, they kind of mush you up into like a bit of a ball in a hessian sack. Um, and then they plant a tree in you. When you and push you up into a bit of a ball. Yeah. You, I mean, they it's turn not you like into just how the a, mob get rid of you. No, like it's a bit like an egg shape. Um, well, because they, they sound suspiciously you. like dismembering. No, no, no. It's not dismembering. It's just just smushing together. And then they and then they plant you in sort of a woodland cemetery but with a tree and then the tree grows out of all of your innards the tree eats you up yeah yeah i mean my my grandparents were buried in like uh biodegradable coffins in a woodland area that's yeah. like it's just specifically like a woodland cemetery the idea is that like they're all in plots that will then grow yeah and be kind of well maintained afterwards um because, yeah, like once you're dead, your best usage is fertiliser, let's be honest. Well, no, that's not true. There's, you, your very dead body is very valuable in lots of ways, isn't it? Well, I mean, okay, if you want to like strip all of the precious metals and minerals out of the body and sell them after the person's dead, then you can do that. But it's a little mm. disrespectful, it seems. Mm. I think it's just... Unless just obviously, unless that, they've left that in their will. I mean, towards like capitalism, at which point, you know... Yes. Well, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's like anything, isn't it? If... if if the person has consented to it prior to their death, then it's fine. If not, then... Then they're dead, anyway. Well, true. I guess it depends who you are. Like, if you just... 
Solid green bones. is a good use of dead bodies. Well, I mean, as it doesn't exist, it's not really. Soylent exists. Wow. Soylent exists, yes. Um, but it is, by all accounts, just a turbo shitting juice. Yes. Yeah, no, I've, but, I've no intention of trying it. I mean, you could also sell the organs. That's a, quite a good use. Or give them away for free. That's still useful. Well, a lot of it depends, of course, on when you do that, because you've got to do it quite quickly. Okay. So and when we're planning... The person has to be in good condition. At the rate that Graham is knocking back quadruple gins, his organs may... Well, they may be very well preserved, but yeah. not necessarily useful to other people. Hmm. Mm. Okay. So so what we think Graham would want is um, to be... Uh, have all of his organs taken out um, and given to other Sold people. Sold on the black market. Yeah. yeah. Sold on the black market. Sold on, yeah. Yeah. Um, that might actually be the cause of his death, I suppose. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's not too keen. Yeah. So then there's no there's no organs. It's just like a sort of a skin sack with sort of bones in it. Um, what what next? I mean, yeah, you could you could take the bones and make some sort of gruesome ornament out of it. Maybe maybe he could like donate his skeleton to like be one of those skeletons that like hangs in science classrooms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um I think Graham would like that, provided his bones were reorganized so that people would be confused about the human body. Like he'd have his leg lower legs coming out of his ears or something. <laughs> yeah. His hands on his feet. Yeah. I think he'd like that. So, so we've got the bones. So then there's just lots and lots of meat, isn't there? Lots of meat left over. Um, well, at this point, there's not a lot left. It's just a sort of barbecue surrounding mush. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure that would be very popular with the people being served it. Well, you wouldn't tell them. You just say, uh, this is a special kind of rare breed pig. This is this is a, a a special meal that Graham has uh, has provided for all of us. Have mm. you been watching Hannibal recently or something? So, uh, I think we've we've been able to do a really good funeral because we've avoided the need to dig a hole um, and Hang on, have a box. We, are we going with tree idea or idea? No, no, no. There's nothing left. Like the trees. We, we, we're going to sell his organs on the black market, turn his skeleton into a freaky model for school classrooms, yeah. and then eat the rest of them. Well, I mean, I'm I'm all for this, and it's. I think we should get moving on this plan pretty quickly because it's still quite good barbecue weather at the moment. Isn't I mean, it? you know, it's it's the sort of uh, Native American approach of use every part of the Graham. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't see Graham's sort of. Deorganed carcass being much used for anything else other than like McDonald's burgers or what have you. Well, no one said it was going to be a feast. Oh, okay, fine. So that's just as long as we've got no unrealistic expectations about eating them, that's fine. But no, I'll, I'll quite happily eat a quarter pound Graham. That'd be fine. Does have to have um, cheese on it though? Yeah, I think I think Graham would want reggae reggae sauce. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be most apt. Hmm. It would go with the probable natural gin flavour of the rest of Graham. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Shall we pencil that in for next month? Yeah, I mean... Next episode. Uh, next if episode. If to get on with contacting some black market organ leggers, that, um, that'd be tremendously helpful. Oh, it's not going to be that difficult. You just, like, Google it'll dark web organs cells. 
Yeah, fine. Mm. I'm not. I'm not up on these techie things as you are. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm happy with that plan. I will move on. What's next? Okay. So, um, I don't know if you saw the uh, suggestion that Graham put forth in the chat uh, earlier in the week. Oh, um, I think I did. So he has suggested that we do a short Dungeons and Dragons campaign mm-hmm. and actually record it. Yeah. And actually use it as opposed to our previous campaigns where we have either recorded it and not used it or not recorded it at all because we were too hungover. Yeah. The the first one, the recording wasn't good enough, was it? Well, that didn't help. Yeah. So um, obviously Graham's not here, so we can't actually do anything today. Um, but as he already has a good idea of what he's going to do because he wants to play a robot, um, I thought I would give you two the opportunity to have a think about what you want to do. Right. Um, um, I have I have put a link in the chat to the like player's guide that has all the information about like what classes and races you can be and you know all the rest of it. Well, um, I would like to throw another spanner in your works because um, I am not going to be here for the next two weeks. That's fine. Um, we can start in two weeks' time. Three weeks' time. Three weeks' time, whatever. Okay. I mean, that's one of the things I think you maybe need to think about is some holiday cover for me. So where are you going to be for the next two weeks? Uh, I am going to be in Crete. Again? Again. I like it there. Okay. So I'm going there again. It's fair enough. I mean, you know, you can afford to keep sauntering off on these fancy holidays to Crete. Well, it's one of the advantages of not having any children to mm. provide for. Um, yeah, that is fucking expensive. And, and and having a job. So, yeah, that's why I'm going. Okay, fair enough. So you're away for the next two weeks. Yeah, that's fine. We'll uh, we'll we'll sort out uh, a supply a supply Chris broadcaster for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to come in and then like we'll all take the piss out of them and like throw stuff when they're not looking and like move the tables around and generally misbehave. You could uh, lock them in the stationary cupboard. We could. We'd have to get a stationary cupboard first. Yeah. I did that once to a uh, an RE teacher. <laughs> yeah, they were never RE supply teachers were pretty much like the bottom tier of supply teacher. This was a this was a full time RE teacher, but well, what, to be fa- yeah, to be fair, the, the, the I mean, again, what kind of teacher goes into a cupboard with the key in the door? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty dumb, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's not. basically that's basically inviting. That, a that's, that, I mean, that's that's tacit permission. Yeah, that's essentially saying I am I am okay with being locked in this cupboard. Yeah, and um, yeah, and they just very quietly knocked until we let them out. <laughs> but it was it was our. Friend Stephen Palmer, who uh, who opened the door because he was very well behaved, and I can't remember who it was that had locked her in with me. But we both looked at Steve and went, "Steve," 
and she thought it was him that had locked her in to start with. <laughs> There's someone like, don't do that again, Stephen. And uh, it was it was a real miscarriage of justice because he was actually the hero. But well, I'm glad it's finally finally all coming out. Yeah, it feels good to um, it feels good to have let go of that secret. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we'll sort out some cover for you, um, and then when you're back in in three weeks' time, we can we can start our our stuff. Um, we'll we'll do like a short character creation thing, and then I've got a good idea for a campaign. But I need you guys to create your characters first to see if it's workable. I might have to change some things if depending on what characters you make. Okay. Um, it's going to be hard enough because Graham wants to be a robot. Um, yeah. So I, I managed to find some uh, homebrew rule set for a robot race. So we'll okay. we'll start with that. But yeah, just just like try and have a think about like what what kind of character you want to play. Can I just um, can I just choose from the the yeah. list so of options? If you have a look, you can pick any race that's on there, any class, um, any alignment, and what you want to do is try and like build a coherent concept so like anything you like and if you want to kind of go a bit silly you can do but try and have something that kind of makes sense in the world what is a dragonborn uh like a sort of human but with uh like a dragon like a sort of human dragon hybrid like a i don't know bloke fucked a dragon and okay that kind of thing. So, like, sort of humanoid but dragony, and like they have like dragon breath. I think as a as an ability. Well, that sounds breathe, quite, like, quite fire or ice or lightning or whatever. Hmm. What's a tiefling? Uh, they're like uh, half human, half uh, angel or devil. Oh, what's good about being a half devil? If you were a tiefling, uh, a half a half devil tiefling. Oh, tiefling. Uh, if you have a look through, it tells you like all the the, um, the I don't benefits want, for each class. I, I don't can't want to I, read. I don't know off the top of my head what the racial traits of tieflings are. Okay, I have not played as one. Okay, have you played as a dragonborn? Because that sounds like fun. No, um, I've played as humans, gnomes, and uh, elves. Okay, so if I were to be a dragonborn. Uh, what kind of classes would make sense? Well, in theory, any of them, but um, you might want to go with something that's more of a kind of aggressive class rather than like a druid or a cleric or something like that, just because they tend to be more sort of warlike. But you don't have to. Like, You can always find a, a justification for like any class. Okay. Um, What's you know, you the... could be some slightly weird dragonborn that was outcast because he wanted to spend all of his time tending plants and became a druid. Like, yeah. okay, what is a um, what's a ranger? Ranger is like a sort of um, hunter, outdoorsman kind of uh, person. They get an animal companion. And they're like proficient with bows, and they have like a favoured terrain, which they get advantages when they're in that terrain. Okay, what's a warlock? Uh, a warlock is like a wizard. So there are there are three like magic classes. There's um, wizard. Well, that's not true. There's three like kind of obvious spell classes that are like wizard, warlock, and sorcerer. Okay, what are you going to be, Dan? 
Um, I am contemplating being a sorcerer. Okay. And what kind of race are you? It sounds kind of fun. Sorcerers are good because you get like um, uh, modifiers to magic. So you get your magic spells, and then you have modifiers that you can use to like make them behave differently. Yeah. Okay. And you're either like part dragon, part chaos, or no, part dragon. Yeah. So like a sorcerer is not somebody who's studied magic and learnt it the hard way. It's someone who's basically been gifted it either from birth or by some deal with. Okay. So you're going to be a sorcerer. What kind of race are you going to be? I'm not. I'm torn between the fun of being a sorcerer or the necessity of being the party healer, and so being a priest or something. But um, if I'm a sorcerer, I'll probably be something weird, like a tiefling or a dragonborn or an elf or something. Okay. Hmm. What about a halfling? What are they like? They're basically like. Um, small humans so they're they're like typically sort of about four feet tall they have like pointy ears um well that sounds like they are are they they're they're quite often like they're quite often a bit sneaky and they're like rogues and rogues and bards and that kind of thing just think dan if i was a halfling then i would my head would be exactly in line with your crotch i'm glad i didn't hear that I think you. I think I think you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, just a moment, my brain is untallied. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, dwarves, gnomes, and halflings are short asses. Basically, gnomes are the smallest. Mm. Um, they're like sort of three to four feet tall. And then it kind of goes up from there. Elves tend to be the tallest. Elves and orcs tend to be the biggest. Um, but. Again, there's there's some flexibility because you can be, you know, if you want to be a particularly short human, go for it. What uh, what do monks do? Uh, monks punch things a lot. Like monks are uh, mostly into unarmed combat. Uh, okay. Um, and they can channel key energy into like punches and knocking people down. And like at higher levels, they can do things like not having to eat or sleep. Hmm. Okay. This is a this is a very complex decision to make, isn't it? Yep, it is. That's why I'm giving you advance notes. The other thing you need to think about is your alignment, whether you're good or evil, lawful or chaotic. Mm. In general, for parties, it's best not to be evil. Yeah, it's best not to have, like, you know, uh, a lawful good and chaotic evil people in the same party because they'll just fight all the time. Um, but have a think about what you there's it's basically like a it's there's nine combinations of good neutral evil lawful neutral chaotic yeah okay do i need to decide now or no 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 we'll we'll do the character creation when you get back there's a um, section here for underwater combat yep but there is no section for love making nope that is what is wrong with dungeons and dragons well, I mean, there. I, I hesitate to say this, but uh, I don't know for certain, but I would be very surprised if it is not the case that there are pen and paper uh, game rule sets that include sections for lovemaking. Adam, f- for a laugh, Google Fatal. Oh, God, do I want to know? It is literally the worst RPG ever written. 
Oh, yes, I can see that now because the third result in Google is literally worst RPGs ever. Yes. It is horrifically bad. Okay, I'll have a look at this later. Um, so, yeah, uh, have a think about like what you want to what what you what kind of basically the best way to do it is think of a character concept like what kind of character you want to make and then think about what race fits what class fits what background fits okay so do it that way so bear in mind it's like a you know dungeons and dragons in this case is like a sort of pseudo medieval setting um, yeah there's but with magic and dragons and monsters and stuff so think kind of game of thronesy in terms of setting yeah yeah. Okay. Um, well. Well, Daniel, what... decide whether you want to be like a warrior or a thief or an assassin or a druid or a healer or a paladin or a priest or you know. What, um, Daniel? Yeah. What What character would your character find most attractive? Um. To be honest, I haven't got that far in my thinking. Um, oh. uh, da, 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 da. What do I play? I mean, the issue you have is that I might choose a monk who is therefore, if you like, chaste and uh, tried. Well, it doesn't have to be. Bodily pure. Um, doesn't have to be at all. If you want to be a, a like a proper shagging monk, you can be one. Okay. There's nothing stopping. There's nothing stopping you from being a monk of a order that like is totally into the shagging. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's fine. Um, Quite tempting, actually. Quite like punching things. Um, monks are great. Sorry, monks are great. Yeah, they used really to quite absurdly a... broken at high level. Okay. Yeah, I haven't played since the days when they were terrible. Um, the mm. campaign, the campaign where I played a monk, he was literally unkillable. Nice. And could one shot anything. Interesting. What does a what does a cleric do? Uh, so they're mostly healing. Healing and buffing and defensive spells. What's buffing? And they have they have they sounds, like um, you know lucky. beneficial effects. Beneficial effects, mm. um, and they they are tied to a particular deity that they follow. So they they provide beneficial effects to the rest of the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and healing and, and uh, buffing, like defensive you said spells. Buffing. Yes, yeah. but that's what that's what like buffing is is a term for like you know. Well, I know what basically it's providing benefits. Lucky, providing benefits. Well, in your mind, yes, right. Chris. Buffing means providing benefits. That's what. Okay, Chris. That's let's, what let's, I'm going to do go for the rest okay. of the people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buff them. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Would you like to be buffed, Daniel? Mm, I can probably buff myself if I'm honest. Hmm. Oh dear. Okay. Mm. Well, I think definitely I'm chaotic. Um. You have a heart of gold, a heart of darkness, or no. yeah. So you are you chaotic, good, chaotic evil, or chaotic neutral? Um. Uh. Well, I quite liked it when I played the coward called Daniel Mercer. That was quite good fun, but but then everybody died because I hid. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you need to you need to work on your teamwork. I think is the uh... yeah. Okay, so the cleric doesn't really have to do any fighting, does he? he just 
I mean, they they can, but they're not they're not out and out fighters. They're more about staying back and and helping helping heal people and keep them alive. Yeah, heal their wounds. I like that. Mm. Okay, I am going to be uh, provisionally a halfling uh, cleric. Feel free to have a read through the stuff. See if you oh, I don't have read. an idea. Um, no. So the only other thing you need really is a background. So if you look through the person of chapter four, personalities and backgrounds, a load of stuff. It's just like some flavor text about you know what your your background before you showed up to the party is, um, and you can basically choose. I mean, you don't have to pick from one that's there. You can pick your own if you want. Um, if you want to come up with your own background for where you've been and what you've been doing before you joined up with Graham and Dan. Do you know what's really difficult is trying to think of a trying to think of a background and personality that isn't that I've just been stalking Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I I believe in you, Chris. I believe you have it in you to come up with a backstory that doesn't involve Dan in any way. I'm a bit like Alan Rickman. I have a very limited range in what I'm capable of doing. And uh, I mean, you managed it for an entire session last time, so you've clearly, you're clearly capable of it. It was a very short session, wasn't it? It was, because uh, we were all very hungover and I got you all killed. And in fairness, I was playing a, a coward called Daniel Mercer. Mm, yeah. 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 Okay, I will think. I will have a think. I'm not cool. going to read, so, but I will have a think. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll I'll make sure that I send you a copy of the character sheets before we start, but it'll be after Chris comes back. So you've got plenty of time to think about it. Well, that's exciting, isn't it, for our regular listeners? They're sort of thinking, "Oh, I can't wait for Chris to get back," and they're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. Okay, does anyone have any other business that they would like to table? Um, I don't know. I can't remember what I wrote. I don't think you wrote anything. Hang on. Dan, have you got anything to bring to the table? I am afraid I do not. Excellent. Well, in which case, um, we will we will call it there. It's been a productive uh, episode. We've um, learnt a lot about what we're going to do to Graham when he inevitably dies. Enjoy listening to this, I think. It'll show how much we care about him and how we... Absolutely. Um, and Chris, uh, so you're not here next week? No, I'm not. Or the week after? Or the week so, after. So um, if when are, you, when are you actually going off? Um, Saturday. Okay, so there's a reasonable chance that you won't have got any updates from Alan Rickman's ghost before uh, then. But if you do, if you could just drop a message into the chat and just let us know and we'll... Uh, We'll keep people up to date with the the goings on um, on your uh, your spiritual side. Yeah. Um, just so they've got something to tide them over until you get back. Well, yeah, I'm prepared to do that. And if possible, I will listen from Crete to boost our international ratings. The what? what? Our international ratings. I will. Yes. Download and listen from Crete, and then. Excellent. And I mean, if you want to like print out some flyers and just like leave them around. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I did have one thing to bring up. I don't think it'll take very long. Um, has anyone earned any twinkle points this week? No. Okay, excellent. I did get... Um... Wait. No, this isn't true. Okay. There is there is twinkle points to award. To whom for what? Uh, Graham put in the conversation 
that uh, Brandon from America uh, was behind a delivery of a very exciting-looking bottle of gin. Oh, yes, yes. you're right. He did, yes. didn't he? Yes. So um, we didn't calculate that. Actually we, did, we did calculate it. There's no need for your music. I um, put the volume and the strength into my <laughs> numbulator. Mm-hmm. And it came out as 41.16 listener points. Jesus, that's some hardcore listener points. That is. So have you updated the uh, chart? I don't think I can do that. I think Chris's uh, uh, chart privileges. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he threatened to yeah. be an arse about it. Okay, let me do it then. Uh, so how many... One second. So this is Brandon. How many twinkle points? Forty-one point one six. Are we doing so? That gives him fifty-one point one six points, and that puts him well out into the lead. Congratulations! Um, We all knew you had it in you, and it may—I mean, it might kill us, but yeah, I mean, if it does, uh, then he will be the de facto winner. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a bit conflicted about. about people buying us gin because on the one hand um on the one hand I I don't think people should feel like they need to buy us gin but then it is nice that they have bought us gin but it's kind of yeah it's kind of monetized what we do hasn't it are we going to be are we going to change are we is this going to affect our output are we going to start seeking more gin. I don't know. I mean, I'm permanently in a state of seeking gin, so I don't think it's going to change too much for me. Uh, it's well, a question yeah. of whether you and Adam get corrupted. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I think probably we won't do anything good enough to warrant people wanting to buy us gin ever again. Yeah, but I would have said that about all the stuff. Well, then, then, it's a, then it's a problem that solves itself. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think we need to fret about this. Either people will send us gin or they won't, and... Well, it's very nice, America. isn't it? It's a very nice yeah. thing for them to do, but um, I don't want them to think they, they have to. Yeah. No, I think we're all agreed on that. Mm. I think there needs to be free ways for people to earn twinkle points so they don't feel that they have to display their love using money. Well, yeah, because we, we, we give out twinkle points for contributing content and stuff, don't we? No, no, you were very, very harsh last week when I tried to, um, <laughs> I tried to award points for that. Well, maybe it was crap content. I can't really remember. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I, um, I don't have anything else to add. Fair enough. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Your time is appreciated, and I will see you next week, Dan and Chris. Enjoy your holiday. Yep. Yeah, have fun, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.